0: Welcome to running is bullshit. I'm Stuart
1: and I'm Amy and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running
0: and something we particularly love to hate about running this week is just the crazy weather. I mean I say crazy weather I mean it's summer in the UK and so just everything is ridiculously overgrown and my legs are torn to bits.
1: I feel like, and I mentioned this on the last podcast when I went, I think I mentioned I went for a run down a like a canal towpath tow and everything was terribly overgrown. I feel like things are more overgrown this year and I wonder whether like it's short staff because of the pandemic, so trails aren't being maintained. Like Trails that are normally maintained, like somebody's obviously come down and, and trimmed the edges of, don't seem to be being maintained. I don't know whether I'm being crazy and it's just my imagination, but I feel like that's a thing this year.
0: Yeah, I'm just more in like just woods and fields and things and just everything is ridiculously overgrown. I mean, it's just the end of those runs when I've been out, even if I'm not like stung or bitten or anything, I've just got itchy legs, itchy legs mm. at the end of every run, just because there's been leaves and things just brushing past them.
1: I've got scratches all over my legs. I look like a child. You know, when, like a child, <laughs> I have like, bruises. and sc- I, I always have bruises on my legs anyway, because I'm always walking into things or falling over. Um, and to top that off, you know, I've also got loads of scratches all over my legs. So I just I just feel like, I look like a little child <laughs> who's been playing out in the fields. <laughs>
0: yeah, me too. I'm completely covered in scratches. I've had nothing really interesting, but some really good scratches from brambles and things from just going the wrong way. I really need to learn just to stop going through all the brambles and thorns and nails and things.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Um, some more bullshit, Amy. The Cardiff half has been delayed again. I think that's oh, the third time this has been delayed.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's strange, though. You know, people have been really kicking off on, Twi- on Twitter yeah, and that's Facebook. That's not strange. Now. That's normal. No, but, no, it's not strange. But I'm not really sure what to think about it. I'm assuming that it, the decision has been made for the right reasons. And by how, how overcrowded Cardiff half is, then I get that... I mean, people are saying, like, big things are going on, like the Euros and, and stuff like that. But aren't they? Aren't people going to those events doing lateral flow testing? And it's all quite controlled in that way, I thought. Yeah, there's a
0: lot of particular events are test events as well. So, yeah. like, they've got specific government permission to go ahead. Cardiff, I think from what I read on it, it's a lot of it is just the uncertainty. That yeah. is the problem in Wales.
1: To be honest, I'd rather do that. I'd rather it was cancelled because yeah things are really uncertain at the moment it's not that long to wait until march it's the same when the vogum got postponed i was like you know what with a lot of these things let's just postpone it because if we if we do it earlier um there's all these this stuff we have to do like lateral flow testing and wearing a mask at this point and that point and it's just so much fuss and to be honest i can't be arsed with it all we have to do so much in everyday life at the moment um with all the masks and the testing and blah 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 blah, i just i can't be asked. i'd rather they just postpone it until there's a bit of normality back and we don't have to do as much stuff do you see what i mean like i just can't i i would rather they postpone most of these events but i saw a lot of people on facebook are really pissed off
0: (laughs) yeah really angry people i think it's not as if cardiff half want to cancel that's probably a horrible decision they've had to make and just people that it's ridiculous you should just put it on like well on a big event like this think how much permission you need for that event mm-hmm. just like cardiff council where most of the race is held the vale council because it goes over the border it's on welsh government land it's on cardiff mm-hmm. bay authority land or cardiff harbour authority land it's on all kinds of different permissions you've got the main sponsors you've got all of the suppliers there's so much logistics mm-hmm. and stuff and if you can't be sure about any of those things you can't put an event on
1: no, so i think I there's going to be two this-
0: next year now instead to make up for it, apparently
1: two wow I I think as well they're trying to compare it to things like the Euros where events where once you get into the venue and you're sat down it's quite controlled whereas Cardiff Half where any half marathon any big city half marathon marathon you know you're brushing against people you're in people's face you know how can you maintain any form of distance or, or anything like that it must be really difficult to control yeah. Yeah, I, I understand why events like this really differ from stuff like the Euros, you know?
0: Well, also the Euros is in England. Wales has different yeah, rules yeah. and people yeah, just exactly. still don't understand that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's, a, that's an episode gone for us. I think we were both down to do that race. I thought I planned it. Ha- I actually I'm looked not, ahead. I'm
1: not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay.
0: You hadn't. Okay. Well, it's, it was something <laughs> that I could have talked about at least, but that's fucked now. So that's another episode. Blank.
1: Sake, you know what I saw on Facebook as well. Like, I'm going to sell my place then. Like, Cardiff Half are really bothered, it's really oh, no. oversubscribed. So, people will just buy those places. It doesn't make a difference to Cardiff Half if you defer, you know, if you sell your place, no, not at all. If you what's not sell it, you know, transfer it. Um, yeah, okay, go ahead, sure. know, yeah, yeah, like who cares? <laughs> I'm never running Cardiff Half again, don't okay. worry about it. We sure. sell out every year, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we
0: sell out like six months early, I think they'll be fine,
1: yeah. Now.
0: So, you yeah, know, plenty of bullshit. Uh, coming up on this episode, speaking of bullshit, we're going to drag out our FKT glory even more as we're speaking to two of the people responsible for verifying fastest known times in the UK. But first, let's catch up on the last episode. Uh, regarding Rachel Bentley's bling gold headphones, she says they did belong to one of her tiny Bentleys, but he didn't like them, so she's inherited them, which I guess is better than wasting them.
1: I I like them, Rachel. I think I can't remember what I said on the last podcast. I probably like
0: (laughs) You're just going to switch around now and be like, yeah, I like (laughs) them.
1: You probably listen back, and it's like me going, like, Rachel, what are you doing? But yeah, they're awesome, Rachel. Don't worry about it. Don't feel self conscious. (laughs) You do you. Yeah, you do you. And Nicola Ford gave us a very good reminder that we shouldn't be binning our old running shoes, as many running shops have recycling facilities, including our local shop, Moti, that used to host our running club back when we could actually go into shops. So we'll be saving ours for the next time we visit. Not recycling your running shoes is bullshit. I did did feel like I got told off. (laughs) Yeah, I've been guilty of (laughs) binning shoes in the past
0: and I feel bad about it now.
1: Oh, uh, so I'm assuming when you can recycle shoes with actual holes in that, they're, uh, they're not recycled as in like, that they recycle the materials. Or yeah, I believe take so. Them yeah. F- yeah. Cause I always assumed those bins were like, they were taken to, you know, been donated. No, shoes. I don't think it's donation. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is recycling. Okay, cool. Cause I always felt like I don't want to give them my shoes with holes in cause that's taken the piss of it. So.
0: And you know yeah. what, even if they're binning them, at least that takes the guilt away from you. So you yeah, feel yeah. like you've done good and that's the, yeah. that's, you know, that's fine.
1: Yeah, somebody else's issue.
0: (laughs) We also had an email from Elliot Line on recycling shoes. He said, long time listener, first time emailer, about time Elliot, thank you. He said, I can totally relate to both of your reluctance to return items. I once bought a pair of Under Armour Bandit running shoes. For whatever reason, the design was such that the back of the shoe really cut into my Achilles tendon. I should have immediately sent them back, but was oddly reluctant to do so. That's laziness. However, I still wanted my money's worth. So I tried various things to make them wearable, like wearing extra socks or using those sticky heel grips you can buy. Nothing worked. In the end, I opted for a literal hack, using a hacksaw to cut down the rear seams, as shown in the attached photo that no one else can see. This story has a happy ending because the shoes are now extremely comfortable. And so far, I've run several hundred miles in them, including some of my fastest park runs and 10Ks. And this is a pair of uh, grey shoes here with about an inch and a half just cut down the back.
1: I, you know what? When I first started reading this, I assumed he was, talk, you know, going to say, "I've cut them down, and now I go for walks in them, and you know, wear them when I'm just walking around doing no, casual things." It's a hack. No, you actually, you actually run in these shoes with with the heels completely, like the ankles completely cut out.
0: <laughs> I'm surprised they like stick to the back of your heels. You must have like some yeah. kind of chunky heel to to stay there, because I thought they would slip on mine. I think they'd be all over the place.
1: Yeah, yeah. Still, if it works, it works. <laughs>
0: And Adam Atkinson emailed us with pigeon advice for Amy, though, unfortunately, this was a few days after the pigeon flew off. But then we saw a news story with the headline, 1,000 South Wales homing pigeons disappear on same day, thousands more mysteriously vanished across the UK. So apparently there's been some... (laughs) Apparently some freak weather meant thousands of racing pigeons all across the UK all went missing, including 5,000 in one race from Peterborough to the northeast of England. It's been called one of the worst days in the sports history.
1: I think it was a racing pigeon. I mentioned on the last yeah. podcast, I believe, that it had uh, three different rings around its its legs and it seemed used to being handled. I didn't want to touch it, but it did seem used to being handled. It mm. was in good condition. It wasn't like the usual sort of flying rats you see around. So, but it did It did fly off. We kept it on the terrace for a bit, sort of away from the dogs and the cat, obviously. And the next morning when I got up, it was gone. Now, that either means it flew off or that something else came and got it. So, I, I do have another quick bird story to tell you. Okay, go um, ahead. Literally the day after that incident happened, I was sat in the office and uh, and Freya came running in the office like, there's a bird! There's a bird in the lounge! I was like, oh my gosh. Drama. I was like, They're not again. This can't be again. So a little, a little sparrow has flew in through our... Like a baby one. It flew in through our um, our patio doors. Flew on top of the fridge. Freya freaked out. So it flew back to the patio, knocked itself out on the, on the <laughs> window and just fell to the ground. Um, so I went in.
0: That's not funny, but it is quite funny.
1: Yeah, bless it. And I went in and I was expecting... To, to carnage because both dogs were in there and the cat was in there so i was a bit like oh hopefully the dogs haven't tried to eat it you know just something like that um and i went in and i think it must have been pippin somebody had moved it to the center of the room i think it must have been pippin because she's got a very soft mouth might have picked it up mm. and it was still breathing it was on the floor it was face down but it was breathing but its eyes were closed and i picked it up in a tea towel and i gave it like a little rub i put it outside and it flew off Oh. So there we go. Happy ending to that one. So I was uh, not just—I'm not just a pigeon rescuer. I'm also a sparrow res- rescuer. But what are the chances?
0: Like we That's- said, Amy Jones is a friend of the birds.
1: I am a friend of the birds. Exactly. I put my flapjack out for them and all that. And but it was bizarre. I—I I didn't see it happen. But I'm sure it must have been Pippin that must like picked it up. It had the bird had no damage to it, so she must have very gently picked it up and put it in the centre of the room, which is absolutely bizarre.
0: But, right. yeah. Well, perhaps we can spare a little thought for all of those pigeons that have gone missing. Apparently, I think I read mm-hmm. like a quarter of a million were let off uh, over that weekend because it was nice weather. But something happened and some places only got 30 or 40 percent of their pigeons back. So initially tens of thousands of pigeons gone missing. That's very sad.
1: God, and they all flew into our terrace and Ralphie caught them all. <laughs>
0: yeah, Your cat has eaten most of them.
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's Amy. What's your bullshit this week? Have you any... Well, you've already saved birds. What else could there be?
1: Ah, well, exactly. Uh, Running-wise, I accidentally ran 10 miles on Wednesday. Oh, I hate when that happens. (laughs) Oh, I I was supposed to be... I was with Pippin as well. I was supposed to be running with a friend, um... And I went to, to meet her at her, her flats and I was waiting outside and she wasn't there and she wasn't responding. And my, my mind goes like the worst possible thing. I was like, all oh, right, she's died in her sleep. She's dead. Yeah, I'm going to have to yeah, go yeah. in there and break down the door and like take her body out and inform her friends and family. Um, so in the end, I just left a message on the answer machine saying, I hate calling people as well in these situations. But I'm like, and her phone was off. That was the other thing. I was like, oh oh God! Oh. So I like left like a really rambling message like, oh, uh, I'm just outside. I hope it doesn't matter if you've overslept, but can you just let me know you're alive because I'm quite concerned, cause it's not a character. So that I'll just go for like a, a run around the bay, and then like a five mile run, and I'll and I'll see if she messages back. So while I'm on my run, she messages back and says, I'm really sorry I overslept, and I said, oh, we can still do another, we can still go for a run. Um, so I did my five miles, and then I ended up doing another five miles with her. But the thing about it was, because there was like, and we we had both her dogs and she's trying to train her dog um, to run with her at the moment. Her dog's quite reactive. So if there, if there was another dog or a person, we'd stop and we'd get calmed down and stuff. And and she's trying to train it that way. Um, so in the end, it was 10 miles, but it was like over three hours and it was so muggy and warm. And I just mm. felt ill for the rest of the day. I was dehydrated. I was just absolutely knackered. So, yeah, accidentally ran 10 miles. <laughs> so yeah yeah. yep. and then the other thing that's bullshit is that Pippin who I usually run with Pippin the dog um, she doesn't actually pull anymore so so she used to constantly pull whether running or walking on the lead and obviously with running that's great that's fine I want her to pull a bit with walking on the lead not good so um, Freya's been training her to walk at heel But the only thing is, now she runs at heel, (laughs) and I've brought her like a special harness that's for dogs that pull. So it's a it's it's a canicross harness, but it's kind of designed to to work um, as like specifically for dogs that tend to pull. And I thought, oh, this would be fantastic because that's Pippin. Pippin just pulls the whole time, and now she just like trots along at my heel the whole time. Like, no, Pippin, you're supposed to be out in front pulling me up this fucking hill or whatever, and you're just trotting along like, you know. I'm having a great time.
0: Yeah, you need to train heel and pull and let know. her know when it's different.
1: I know, I know. It's just, yeah. But, yeah, it's very disappointing. I feel like I'm going to have to undo all that training and just say, look. Yeah, ruin it to. completely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try and get her excited as well. I'm like, come on then, let's go. Let's go up this hill. Yeah, yeah, She just looks at me like, what?
0: <laughs> I'm going to need to attach you to William one day. You'll have a, the shock of your life.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, well yeah because even when pippin pulls she's not that strong because she's quite small she's very hench because she pulls a lot she's got like a very hench upper body lots of muscles but she's still quite a small dog so yeah but i could do it just like a bit of help up the hills that's all i ask for. it is
0: really great for that
1: it? what's the point of taking her
0: <laughs> i know exactly
1: yeah that's it other than the fact that it's been really hot and muggy and disgusting i feel like i'm constantly sweating and i hate running in this weather it made like after that 10 miles i felt so unwell because normally if i was running for three hours i'd take something with me like at least a drink i was so dehydrated i felt like have you ever seen what what's that oh what's that film called you know where that guy gets his um his hat his arm stuck in a rock and he has to te- saw through yeah oh. was
0: well, something hours i don't know how many yeah, hours yeah yeah however many hours. i've never seen it because i don't want no oh. i know what it's about so i just don't want to see it
1: it's, it's disgusting but um there's a scene fun. at the end where he finally gets free where he drinks out of a muddy puddle because he's been so thirsty and dehydrated yeah. and that's how i felt that's how i felt on wednesday i was so dehydrated i felt like i was fucking. you really could just thirsty.
0: go home mate and just get some water
1: i could but i would yeah yeah but it, it, it was just too much so
0: so the training plan all gone to shit then
1: it's not It's not gone great. <laughs> I mean, I've still got plenty of time and I've, I have been getting in some long runs. I wasn't, I was supposed to run longer than 10 miles this week. I was supposed to run like 14, but that's fine. I can do it at some point next week. So, but yeah, it's. It, I'm still running. I'm still going out running, which is the main thing. I've not stopped completely. Mm. So. <laughs> How's your week been?
0: Uh, pretty good. I had to do one of those relay runs this morning and those kind of all day uh, virtual relay things. I had a half yeah. hour slot to run as far as possible fucking hell i haven't tried in so long and i hate it so much i hope races keep getting delayed frankly because i just don't want to i don't really want to try that again i'm not sure mm-hmm. i was just doing it on my own and because the weather was horrible and because it's on the same piece of path i always run but it's just so hard mm-hmm. and I, I think as it stands because the weather's been awful as it stands i think i've actually gone the furthest out of anyone today on this relay so that just shows mm-hmm. what a sorry state the world is in that mm-hmm. can't be that can't be right so I, 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 to, I did. Yeah. I did just a smidge under four miles,
1: which okay, is which is good. pretty
0: good. I was fairly. That's pretty much what I was aiming for. Uh, when was the last time you tried? When was the last time you did any fast running? I. I, I don't is, think you've done any of these relays, have you?
1: No, 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 no. And to be club honest, events?
0: No, Amy's not interested.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the last few times I've signed up for. Uh, coming to club like in general, like right? just coming for training sessions. I've had to cancel it for various reasons. Like on Wednesday, I was going to come, and then after running this ten miles, because I got so de- like I said, I got so dehydrated, I felt really unwell, so I couldn't do that. And I just keep canceling. I'm um, supposed to go on Monday, but we'll see. Uh, but go, yeah, going back to the effort thing.
0: Your last race or actual like hard uh, like five k effort or something.
1: I can't five k's. I don't. I don't. Never. I don't think I've ever run a proper five k race, like a timed one. I was Whoa. supposed to run the Cardiff 5k but um that I had knee injury so I couldn't do that one uh but I hate 5ks for a start I I, and at the moment I hate anything where I have to put in any effort as in speed distance absolutely fine and I think for the foreseeable future I'm mainly going to be entering ultras because I just Mm. hate running quickly and anything where I have to breathe quickly and become out of breath and tired you'd rather run
0: 11 hours than half an hour quickly
1: Seriously, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely at the moment. I just I I think partly it's the heat. I think in the winter I'll probably feel a bit differently, but the heat just gets me and it slows me right right down. I just absolutely hate it. So, yeah, for the foreseeable future, I think it's mainly going to be sort of ultras or trail half marathons, trail marathons where I can do a bit of walking as well. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, I did get to use my um, cheat sticks the other week as well. That was quite fun. Ooh. Just because we I uh, did another group trail run and I I ran there, ran back just to you know get the mileage up. And I had my sticks because it was uphill on the way there, so I got my sticks out, used them a little bit. Looked like a bell end, but I don't care.
1: Nice. You look like a proffesh.
0: Mm, professional Spo- bell end, maybe.
1: <laughs> Sponsored by some like energy gels and hats or something, you know, like one of those. <laughs> yeah,
0: sure. So that was quite fun. I do like them, but I realised what I did i started it was going to like a fairly long gradual hill and i realized because i, I had got the sticks out oh these are gonna help me get up the hill so i started running really fast i was like no 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 that's not what this is the point of this the point is i can go as same speed but i can make it a little bit easier so i'm like no i have to mentally slow myself down there
1: mm-hmm. i am gonna get some of those cheat sticks i think for the well at least for the second ultra the rhythm um just because of the elevation i think because like i said before the vogum the elevation isn't too crazy because it's along cliffs a lot of the time so once you're up on the cliff Mm -hmm. you tend to stay at the same elevation but i think the rhythm i'll need them for that especially a week after doing the vogum for sure Mm. i'm not thinking about that until it happens (laughs) literally until i'm there the next week on the on the star line
0: So moving on with this episode, uh, to drag out our FKT glory even more, we're speaking to two of the people responsible for verifying fastest known times in the UK. We've talked a lot about FKTs recently, and we thought it's about time we got the proper lowdown on what they're all about. So joining us are Mike Pinney and Mike Jones, who volunteer for the Colorado-based FastestKnownTime.com. time.com. First of all, thank you both very much for joining us. Uh, To start us off, could you each give us a brief history of your own running and how you came to be involved in FKTs? Uh, We'll go for Mike Jones first.
3: Hi, everyone. Thanks very much for having me on, guys. It's a pleasure. Um, So in terms of my own running history, nothing special at all. Um, I'm not a very good runner at all. Um, I'm not very fast, at least... Um, Not traditional running, not road running. I got into, I started running probably 20 years ago when I, well, just under about 17 years ago when I was at uni. Um, And that was mostly started like everyone else did on sort of five and 10 Ks and things, half marathons, but nothing special at all. You know, at the time I was doing like half marathon in like one hour 50. So, you know, fine, but nothing, nothing special. Um, I did a bit of adventure racing as well at that Mm -hmm. time and um, I also have this background in hill walking as well so um, I sort of combined uh, the running and the hill walking and the navigation and that sort of stuff um, into trail running about maybe five or ten years between five and ten years ago when I moved up north I'm from down south originally but I moved up to near Manchester and i started doing a lot of uh, stuff in the peak district which was great mm. and then in 2018 i started doing some ultras and i've done a couple of um first one was a 60 mile event i've done a couple a few 100 mile events as well so um that's where my you know i found my i wouldn't say it's my forte cuz again i'm nothing special in regards to that distance either you know i'm a long way away from the likes of um you know, Damien Hall or something like that. But what I like is the adventure aspect of it, the navigation, the sort of problem solving. And, I, you know, I'm happy to sl- slog it out for sort of all day kind of thing. So that's, that's what I enjoy doing. In terms of um, fastest known time, um, I came across the website a few years ago and I really liked the concept. Um, I thought it was a really nice way to have, A community around running that wasn't all about sort of like winning races and things and you know it's for it's for the best people but it's also for the average people who just want to go find a particular route in the local area and you know do it first or do it you know based off not a lot of competition and they they get their sort of place on that website which is cool so um there's a podcast for that as well the fastest known podcast mm-hmm. and i i remember last year um buzz the podcast host mentioned that they'd had something like a five-fold increase in um interest on the site and they were looking for regional editors around the world to help out with some of the administrative tasks um uh, to act as volunteers so i sent an email and i started off uh, about probably about nine months ago as the first UK regional editor, doing um, FKTs at the time, and now I'm i on to doing Roots. We've got regional editors all around the world, so it's me and Mike in the UK, and then we've got several others in Europe and, indeed, uh, everywhere else as well.
0: Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, Other Mike, how about you?
2: Yeah, I, I loved sports at school, so I played uh, for the rugby team, the football team, got pulled into the athletics team, whether I liked it or not. Um, found my feet in the 1500 meters and and just love running three or three quarter laps of the track. So I, I got into athletics that way. And then like a lot of people um, went off to uni or some and then started work and then to sort of forgot all about it really. Two years later ran a bit for a bit of fun and then I don't know somehow caught the bug and met some other people who ran, joined the club, and um, yeah, just uh, can't get enough of it now. I, I like variety so. Um, Anything from trail running all day uh, to to smaller, shorter races, um, roads, trails, hills, flat, by the sea, in the hills, I don't mind. Um, and a bit like Mike, I used to do a lot of hill walking uh, where you've got to prepare, you have to think about nutrition, hydration, navigation, uh, and then discovered that people were, were doing this a bit faster on a variety of trails around the country, combining the two. And and then bumped into the FKT website with, I think someone sent it to me, listened to the podcast, realized they needed some regional regional editors, um, um, hesitated a bit, I was sort of good at at procrastinating and uh, see that Mike had already volunteered, but I pinged them anyway, because I expected um, this to really boom and lots of people to get involved in the UK. So I said, hey, if you need anyone else to help, just give me a shout and here we are. So I've been doing it since the beginning of this year and um, I verify the, the FKTs for the UK and Ireland. Great,
0: thank you very much. Um, so, start off, I guess, toward, more towards uh, Mike Jones, uh, talk about routes. So, what makes a route eligible to be on fastest known time?
3: Good question. So, there is, if anyone wants to see details, there's a useful page on the website um, under guidelines. Um, that's both guidelines for routes and for FKTs themselves. First of all, what we're looking for is kind of special routes in some way. So it can't just be like um, uh, me running to the local Tesco's and back kind of thing. Uh, It's got to be something interesting. It can't even really be me me doing a circuit of the local woods. It's got to be, um, first of all, at least five miles long. Um, So I think that's a fairly low, low bar as a minimum mileage. Um, but generally, we're looking for um, established routes. So routes that people have already been doing. Um, now, that could range from extremely long challenges like, you know, the Wainwrights route that Sabrina Vergie did last week, um, all the way down to, um, you know, a local 10-kilometre uh, route that has some history. Perhaps it's, it has a website. Um, In the UK, you've probably noticed a lot of the established routes are called such and such way or such and such walk. If it's got a website and it's over five miles and it's got a name like that, you're basically always going to get your route approved. The other thing is um, you can create your own route, but it has to be interesting in some way. It has to kind of make sense. So, for example, one thing we get sometimes is circumnavigating the coastline of an island, Uh, Scottish Island or uh, uh, an island over in the Republic of Ireland or or indeed anywhere. We've had a few of those recently. Um, We often get uh, routes that do every peak over a certain height in a given area. So uh, one that's on my desk at the moment that I'm about to approve is the five highest peaks in the Pentland Hills in Scotland. That's not, um, as far as I'm aware, it's not really... Uh, historical established route but it sort of makes sense it traverses a feature um, and it's it doesn't have you know sometimes we get um, routes that feel fairly sort of arbitrary and they feel as if they've just been kind of made up and they don't sort of naturally flow um but most of the routes we get we do approve so either yeah as I say to summarize either historical um or something that makes sense, sort of topographically, you know, all the mountains in a certain area, a traverse of a large lake or island, that kind of thing.
1: So, for the established routes, how closely do people need to stick to the official routes? I'm thinking when we did the Pen-Rice, uh Pilgrimage Way, because the route was very new, there was a few, a couple of times where we got slightly lost but came back to it. So naturally especially for the long the really long distance one people may go off the route a bit so how closely do people have to stick to it is it just a judgment thing by yourselves
3: yeah well that would um that would come actually more under what mike does but because that's actually uh approving an attempt rather than a route itself but uh mike may talk more about it but basically um you do need to try and stick to the route as, as closely as possible um sometimes you have to detour around Um, uh, you know trail closures and things generally if it's uh, if it's no shorter if you didn't gain any advantage by doing it then it's fine Um, equally if you go off the route uh, as long as you come back to it and again as long as you didn't gain an advantage then it's fine but yeah that that comes might might talk more about it but the sort of research aspect is quite important I know it's difficult in the UK and I heard you talking about your FKT on the last show and you came to some points where, you know, there'd be a public footpath marked across the field that's completely blank. That occurs a lot in the UK, doesn't it? And it's probably Mm. because um, once upon a time that was probably a fairly well-trodden route uh, before we had roads and things. Um, So sometimes, you know, when you get to that situation, either having looked at it before Or just, you know, being able to use a map and compass and stay on the route as much as you can. And if you go off it, um, hopefully, you know, without, you know, uh, annoying any farmers or anything like that, as long as you come back to the route, usually that's
0: not an issue. I think it's also another important part of these routes as well, as far as I've seen, they're generally not race routes either, are they? Correct. Yeah, they're actually...
3: We actually tend not to approve race routes. And the reason for that is... Mm race routes have their own history. Um, generally, yeah, if you go on uh, a race website, um, you'll see the race results. Um, and generally the FKT or the record for that route would have been set on the race. Um, so yeah, unless uh, for something like the Pennine Way, you know, that's a race, that's the spine race, but it's also a, a route in its own right. So that is one of our routes. But if it was a specific race route that didn't have any, other standing other than inside the race then generally we wouldn't use it
0: well uh mike you actually had an email i think well it would have been i guess to you from me a few months ago basically grassing someone up who'd done exactly that in south wales so i was like that's right. just a race route they've done i'm like yeah i'm sending an email because that's the <laughs> kind of person that i am yeah love it love it i can mean I we hold the integrity
3: if i can if i could just that's a really good place to mention there is very much a community and sometimes me and Mike can't get everything right sometimes we will you know we we only have a certain amount of time to check things you know we'll check mm-hmm. it to the best of our ability but yeah we are a community so we're relying on people submitting things in good faith and then we're also relying on you know anyone else to sort of point out where we might have gone wrong so thanks for that
0: yeah I, I did feel like a little bit of a dick but
2: I knew I was right so I thought it was okay <laughs>
1: such a
2: stitch <stage. laughs> such a it's tricky and there's a lot of it's it's based on a lot of trust basically as well mm. i mean we'll we'll make mistakes we know what the roots are like in the uk you can go off a little bit uh, i've not seen anyone trying to cheat to be honest in the six nice. months i've been doing it it's everybody's been honest there's a few honest mistakes genuine mistakes so we, might, we might, have bit two, might have a bit of communication with people to try and understand what's happened and maybe put a comment on it but uh I've never seen anyone cheat yet. I mean, pe- people have made a few honest mistakes as well. One guy ran 70 miles on the Oxfordshire Way and he forgot to start his watch for the first two or three miles. Oh. Um, okay,
0: only two or three miles, but still,
2: that's... Yeah. I that that the, still the, disqualifies him, I guess. Well, what do you do if someone comes along and, and misses out by 30 seconds, but they started at the beginning, then the, the beginning is time, really, haven't they? Yeah. So, well, or they were all two minutes slower, but they, they ran from start to finish... So it makes it trickier for us later if we don't deal with it at the time. Yeah. But uh, he was apologetic, believe it or not. He didn't He didn't moan or swear. He, yeah. he apologised to me. But I said, look, I'm sorry. We're just going to have to make it void at this moment. But it's an opportunity for people to have another crack at it.
0: Yeah. Try again next week.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so how does your role work then? You, you're the one that verifies the FKTs, the attempts themselves.
2: Yeah, so most of the time it's actually fairly straightforward because this is fairly new and um, because we haven't we haven't had an enormous amount of people attempting all of the routes yet. So most of the time it's fairly new. A lot of the uh, attempts I get are actually first timers or they're the first male or the first female or the mi- first mixed gender team that's had a go. So as long as they've stuck to the route as much as they can and they've and they've abided by the rules and they're in the right category of Self-supported or supported or unsupported, then it's pretty plain sailing. There's not much that, that can go wrong. Um, but there are a few routes that have been more hotly contested recently. Uh, I see a few, and they come in quite regularly. And then you have to be more careful because obviously people have put a lot of time and effort into it. You want to make it as professional as possible. Um, but basically, you need to start in the right place. You need to go stick to the trail. You need to finish in the right place if you, if you at all can. And and record it, and, and have some show some evidence that you've that you've done it. I mean, I've, I've had a, a guy did the two moors way, and um, got a great time. He he, but he didn't have any evidence that he'd done it at all. When unfortunately I couldn't really, what can I do? You know, and um, but um, but there, there are rules. They're on the FKT website, so you can see what the rules are. It's best to read them first before you attempt anything to save yourself a lot of time and energy and then submit. But we, we do need the evidence as well. Um, so, but it's basically that, just checking to see what the time is already, what the FKT is uh, currently before this new attempt comes in. Checking they adhere to all the rules, it's all fine, and uh, the evidence is there. And either verifying it or saying, sorry, you're just a little bit short. But, um, yeah.
0: And we'll have more from Mike and Mike later on in this episode and this week it's amy's turn to sing to our patrons to thank them for donating to this podcast One of the things we hope to use that money for, by the way, is a live show. Though it's tricky to know where we'll be kind of legislation-wise in a few months' time. So we're still very early stages of this at the moment. So in the meantime, you can support us and make singing all the names even harder by heading to patreon.com forward slash runningisbullshit and donating just £2 a month, which you can cancel at any time if you like. Uh, So Amy, take it away.
1: Kirk Shepherd. Paige, Mac Rachel Bentley Neil Denton Victoria Dix Stuart, Stephen, Ruth, KP Angela Foster, Swales Amanda, Murray, Hyde Chris Whitmore, Matt Jones Sam Waley, Matthew Wall Carl Fleming Matt Lease David Irwin Brian Simpson, Jules Atkinson, Elliot Lyne, Debbie Hurley, Ian Hales, Adam Atkinson, David Sinclair, Tim Hughes, Maria Wicks, Ross McQuaggill, for Hibbert, Harry Hamilton, Simon Ross, Jonathan Carter, Victoria Knight, Phillips, Moena Billam, Liz Reesley, Sir Gibbon J, Bernadette McCarthy, Gordie Fellwell, Stevie Hunter, Matt Garner, Maggie Hardy, Jax Jacks, Charlie Neverson, Anthony Howe, Penny Simpson, Matt H. I big Uit Nicky Gabby Thompson Nia, you fill it rich time, Lem Martin. Matt Nibri. Matt Nibri, Matt Nibri, Matt Nibri.
0: And on to your messages. Amy, we have news from Bulgaria. The buffs Ooh. have made it! Yeah. Woo! Uh, the next day delivery only took 25 days. So that was totally worth all that money um uh, messaged me as soon as she got them and she promised to only wipe my most noble bodily fluids with them which what a promise
1: yeah lovely
0: (laughs) she's got a race coming up and hopefully we'll hear all about it i'd like to hear about some uh, race in bulgaria and spreading spreading the bs word
1: yes definitely don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on twitter and facebook just search running as bs and let us know why you particularly hate running this week
0: Uh, We had a couple of polls on Twitter this week. And first of all, we asked what the correct term is for a race longer than a marathon. Is it an ultra or an ultra marathon? Now, I don't want to say this is entirely targeted at Nicola Forward, who tends to say ultra marathon, but it was an influence. I'll be honest. Um, The winner was ultra with 82% of the vote. So all of you ultra marathoners out there are wrong.
1: Yeah. Why would you add, like, a load of extra syllables? Like, we know what an ultra is. Although, I will say, some of my friends take the piss out of me because I say, like, oh, I'm training for an ultra. They're like, oh, an ultra, ultra, ultra. It sounds, you know, like, I'm trying to be, like, really... Like I'm trying to be cool or something, or like you've invented
0: the word to make yourself <laughs> yeah, sound cool.
1: yeah, like oh yeah, ultra. I'm doing an ultra. Like no, no, no. It's just a quicker way of saying ultra marathon. <laughs>
0: yeah, I can see. Obviously, it came from ultra marathon because it's longer than a marathon. But ultra just sounds cooler and it's quicker. Who's got time for all those extra syllables?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like people who call me Ames instead of Amy. Like they ain't got time for two syllables. They're busy people. Just one. <laughs>
0: Uh, we also ran a poll about amy fighting a sheep following a tweet from michael dark who said i just cannot believe the level of conviction in amy when it comes to battering a sheep i can't help feeling if that conviction was redirected elsewhere anything may be possible but i just cannot see the sheep getting dropped
1: what why did i'm just i'm really irritated by these because i'm sorry but sheep aren't that big I, they're not big. They're not strong. They're fucking stupid. Okay, Amy. I'm I, sorry.
0: The poll results uh, were two thirds in the sheep's favour. So don't try and fight yeah,
1: them. Yeah, but that's because people are trying to make me angry on purpose. They know. They know. They're taking the piss. They're, they're joking around because they know deep down that I could. I could flatten a sheep. I'd spark it right in the Do jaw, you know, and it would be laid out, mate.
0: You just couldn't. I I a sheep can weigh, like, up to, like, between, like, 70 and 100 kilos. They can run at 20 yeah. miles an hour. If they've got horns, either way, they've got solid heads. They're Mate, dense not, animals. You're I, not going to do no. anything to it. I, I,
1: right, okay. Firstly, right. Okay, so I'm not messing with the ones with horns. That's like, that's like bringing a horn to a you know, or a knife to a pie that doesn't involve a knife. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'd have to be that equally... That classic phrase, have, yeah, well done. I'd have to have equally something, another weapon myself. That's like, so a sheep bringing a weapon to, to a okay. situation that we agreed no weapons. Okay. So a regular sheep... But what you say like it weighs this much, it weighs that much. What's it gonna do? Like I stand up on its hind legs and fucking body slam me. It's not gonna, is it? It's, it's gonna, gonna run into me. you, it's gonna
0: bite you. Yeah. And the sheep dodge, is fighting you back. It's not dodge just you knocking the the out. I just will dodge. to the
1: side and I will <laughs> I will push it over because once they're on their back, it's game over, mate. That's their Achilles heel. I haven't got an Achilles heel. So what is it gonna do? What's it gonna do to me? I'm too quick for it. You're too I'll be quick. Like, they're stupid they're stupid animals they're lovely like don't get me wrong but I, and also people saying oh he's a vegan blah blah, blah. i'm not gonna kill it i'm just gonna f- teach no, it no, a this, lesson this was entirely like
0: out. if you had to we're not saying you want to yeah, yeah, yeah. if you had to
1: <laughs> if i had to and i would catch it by surprise as well
0: i think we've so, possibly talked about uh, fighting sheep a bit too long um no. you know i just try and finish it off a little i did look up some sheep attack strategies Um, Well, to defend yourself, not how to attack a sheep. And I came across the following on discoverthelakes.co.uk, which includes things such as, you know, avoiding eye contact, stay on higher ground and don't get between sheep and lambs, which is generally sound advice for dealing with livestock. But it then includes things such as uh, the fifth tip. It says the majority of sheep are members of the secret order of Artiodactyla. Some of their rituals are known to a handful of researchers who for centuries have warned people about this dangerous cult, the exception of the black sheep. There are no known cases of black sheep attacking humans. And uh, number seven, if the worst happens and you're cornered by one of these vicious predators, you have a split second to react. Try to make yourself look as large as possible by standing on your tiptoes and raising your arms above your head. Shout loudly, but do not shout mint sauce. All Lake District sheep have heard this threat before and are now immune to it. And this is pretty weird from what is otherwise a completely straight tourist website.
1: (laughs) It's got. Are people legitimately attacked by sheep? Because part of my reason for, for thinking I could overpower one is because they wouldn't expect it, because sheep aren't often looking for a fight. They're very docile, they're just chilling. So I would bring violence into that situation, which would be the element of surprise, because they don't really. Sheep don't really have much violence in their lives, you know? They're quite peaceful. And I'm taking advantage of that peaceful nature, whereas I already have the upper hand are you googling if people have been yeah i'm sorry by sheep? i was looking at how many people are killed by sheep
0: and i'm mostly it seems to be uh anything like sheep are being killed by people or attacked yeah. by dogs and things
1: exactly exactly me
0: oh hang on i found the, the united kingdom slaughter statistics no that's slaughtering animals so that doesn't work either oh, nice um okay i don't think there's many examples of this to be fair
1: exactly exactly which is why i'd have the upper hand they're not okay. expecting it. They're just, it. It's like if you went to a monastery and started beating up the monks. They're not expecting it. They're not prepared.
0: Could Amy fight a monk? <laughs> <laughs> Let's no. Okay, I think we should stop Amy fighting things and people and animals because this is this is a dark path we're going down.
1: Mm. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, we've had some marketing bullshit from at blessed with pace who sent us a screenshot of a couple of guys in running vests just ordinary running vests with the following line underneath discover our light speed tech tops near weightless moisture wicking with zones of ventilation exactly where you need them i'm assuming that means like holes for your arms (laughs) yeah (laughs) like is is that just the holes yeah exactly where you need them you know so your arms can go through it and your head can go through it.
0: Because <laughs> I'm just having a look and, you know, I'd expect if there's ventilation holes, I was like, they'll be down the sides, is where they usually are under the armpits. Mm. I can't see anything on them. So do they just mean they've got holes for your arms and neck?
1: And holy shit, wait, 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 wait. Not only that, buy two for £60 and save £30.
0: So what? that means they're normally £45 each. For a vest. Fucking hell.
1: But they have got uh, ventilation zones. Exactly and they're where exactly them, so where you need them. You know what? I hate when I put on my vest and instead of an armhole, it's just like a hole for my stomach. And I'm like, that's not where I need it. I need my arm to stick out, you know? Oh, God, I need to invest that. But That's because I'm buying vests for like 12 quid, not, you know, 40. Yeah, You're buying so off Wish, that's why. What I... Yeah, exactly.
0: Ian Thompson emailed. He said week four of London Marathon training in the bag today. Uh, however, he did have a and encountered with a friendly chap on an e-bike who rolled alongside him uh he said how far have you run so far just over 15 miles three miles left what are you training for london marathon oh how far's that <sighs> 26.2 miles like all marathons oh that's good how many marathons have you run oh getting on for 20 or so oh well done which was the furthest one <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> fucking normals uh, at this point, uh, Ian says, I gave up and said 100 miles in 24 hours, as it was clear that he was failing to grasp the concept of a marathon being a fixed distance. Also slipped in there a uh, little humble brag. Well done, Ian.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't understand that. Like, even if you don't know the exact mileage of a marathon, if you're not you know into all that, surely you know that a marathon refers to a specific event. Like the London Mar- Marathon is on BBC One every year. Like surely at some point in their lives they have caught it and they say over and over again the mileage, but you'd at least remember that there's a specific distance attached to that event, you know? Yeah,
0: but some of these normals, they just think the London Marathon is the same as the London race and just marathon just means race. Oh. Um, ian also gave us a ps he said bonus bullshit on wednesday while listening to the pod on my medium distance run going through a wooded section i had to go off the well-beaten path for a couple of ladies walking as i did so i caught a root and almost ended up sprawling in the dirt as i struggled to stay upright managed to engage my call and somehow styled out despite nearly ending up horizontal the reality probably had me looking like a stumbling twat but at least i didn't eat dirt <laughs> well done for engaging your core. that's a top yeah. tip there if you're gonna fall over just engage your call
1: Yeah, definitely. It would save you in all situations. Good work. (laughs) And Brian Simpson, who is current... And Brian Simpson is the current BS super spreader as he's moved from Sicily to Cyprus, where running in the heat is bullshit. We could have told you that, to be fair, and saved you a lot of money.
0: Why would you you do that? Why even try and... Why go there and why run there? Stop it.
1: Yeah, super spreader, Brian Simpson.
0: (laughs) No need. Okay, we're going to go back to the mics to find out some more of the nitty gritty behind what makes an fkt and why they're so special okay um, something that i really took from the fkt podcast and something you've both kind of alluded to there as well is there seems to be like a very strong honor code amongst the runners there seems to be a very honest group so things like self-reporting mistakes and navigation errors and particularly amongst the differences between supported unsupported and self-supported how important is all of that to like the fkt ethos
3: do you, to, do you want
2: to talk I about it more? Uh, well, short answer is very important. I, I'd say, um, yeah, it's very. I think it's very important. And, and again, but everyone's everyone's uh, stuck to the walls. I've not seen anyone cheating or anything. Sometimes people have actually the other way where where they might have been unsupported. They thought they were doing self supported, so they clicked on self supported, and sometimes they thought they were supported, but they were they were only self supported. So um, it's it's. It's tricky sometimes, and and, and uh, the longer the trail, the more unpredictable things can happen. Tiny little things might happen, like you might run out of water. Someone walks past you after fifty miles and gives you the water. You're tired, so you accept it, have a swig, put it back, and they go, "Ah, oh, now I've been supported." But <laughs> yeah. like, hey, these things all happen. Mm.
3: That actually happened in America. Um, Joe McConaughey. Did that exact thing he was doing this huge long thing up in vermont i think it was the long trail maybe last year this time last year and uh yeah he did this huge four or five day route unsupported that exact thing happened to him and then he was like oh no it's gonna it has to count as in that case actually it could count as self-supported this is where this is another um place where you sort of have to know the rules so Definitely before anyone goes for an FKT, just have a really good read of that guidelines page. Because um, there's very particular rules of supported, self-supported, unsupported, and it is, it is quite confusing. And sometimes I get confused and I have to have a, a little chat with Peter over in the States, who's one of the guys who set it up. Um, but yeah, all the info's on there, but um, that's an example where that wouldn't count as unsupported but it does actually count self-supported because in self-supported you're allowed to accept aid that you didn't plan. So, if it's you can't have a friend come and give you water um, because you planned it, but you can have a random stranger come and offer you something. So, there's lots of little niches in there. It's not. Mm. It's not kind of no one set out to make it complicated. It's just the way it's kind of evolved. Uh, it's, yeah. It's um, but it, it can be a bit of a complicated thing. So
1: if you because yeah, I know that when I on the way I was very tempted to nip into a shop and get like a bottle of Coke. Would that then be self-supported if I had done that? Yeah. Right. I see. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. But it wouldn't be supported because you would be mm. doing it by yourself.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. We absolutely ours was unsupported even though it was three of us because we absolutely did not help each other. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there was a lack of support. I don't think it was even self support I didn't even support myself. So <laughs> yeah
3: yeah um but just going back to your question yeah it is all about um being honest and i like to think you know uh in the trail scene that everyone is honest and i as far as i'm aware everyone is i'm sure that's not true there probably are the odd people but we really don't see a lot of controversy to be honest with you i guess it's um, one of those things where it's not,
1: like what's the point if you're gonna cheat you know what's yeah. the point like, we're not
2: we're not triathlon <laughs> we're not road cycling yeah is exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you can look at a time though and go well wow, did they really do that I was, I was looking at one just yesterday thinking that is amazing but um, was hey, it, was it um, someone well known or just a random person? Uh, I didn't know them but yeah. they might be quite well known up in Scotland where they where they did it and um, yeah. yeah but it's this 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 uh, whole sport is getting more publicity as well you might have seen in the press have been a few BBC articles recently about some cracking FKTs that some women have achieved around the UK. Uh, And so you can you can become quite well known if you achieve something amazing like this.
1: Uh, So do you guys hold any FKTs yourselves?
2: Uh, I'll go first. I did have two, but they've both been taken off me. There you go. Mike, any for you? Um, well, no, no, you have to tell them. Yeah, what, they what were. were they? <laughs> one, uh, one, was a Thames, <laughs> uh, one was a Thames estuary path in this on the long south coast of Essex, which I didn't expect anyone to do for years. And then, like within ten days, two guys which, who now just go around and do as many as they can, they took it off me. And I thought someone's done it. I, I'm really surprised. But hey, that was good. And another one was I, I ran it with my mate and his dog on a very wet, muddy day, and we. We didn't expect it to last very long because it wasn't the fastest time, but um, more recent. About two weeks ago, someone came along and did it in dry conditions. So, are you ever tempted was, to just um...
1: delete the email when they send you those? <laughs> oh, I didn't get it. Oh, <laughs> my like, God. <you're> the power. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, 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 I think I'd soon be kicked off the <laughs> team and, and banned from the site.
1: Yeah, oh, great customers? power there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe you could get
3: the dog FKT for that one, Mike. That be, oh, well, that's we a, new a new category. category. Yeah. Yes,
2: a new category, which we're yet to get done. But we might suggest it to Pete here.
3: Um, I've got one FKT. So just put it in context, there is a guy now who has,
2: has Jason Hardruff got 100 yeah. He's on 99,
3: 99, I think. Oh, OK, 99. He's, he's doing 100
2: now. He's in, in the middle of his 100th one, I think. There's um
3: there's a few guys in the UK with over 50 as well. Um, and the, U- uh, the UK, by the way, is probably the second busiest country. Like, it's gone massive in the UK. But anyway, I've got one. Um, So my tactic, I didn't want it to be broken, so I thought I'd go for something long and relatively boring. Um, and that's the Peak District Boundary Walk, um, which is the basically all the way around the peak district is about 190 miles i did that last june um so i I do actually still hold that which is which is good it's it's a good it's a good one to do because the average runner uh probably won't even think about it because it's 190 miles the good runners you know john kelly ain't gonna bother coming to the peak district to try and beat my time so
0: (laughs) i think i've got a
3: good niche there because i've sort of i've gone long but it won't tempt the good people. So. It's
0: too obscure for the, for the proper runners.
3: Exactly,
0: oh, that's yeah. smart. <laughs> well, ours lasted 11 days, but never
3: mind. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, still have the mixed gender, <laughs> yeah. don't you? We do,
0: yeah, until literally anyone else comes along. That
3: do it. does actually count, you know, that you yeah. are still oh, yeah. the FKT holders. Yeah. Okay, yeah, well,
0: we'll, we'll have it then. <laughs> um, do either of you have any favourite routes? I mean, other than the ones
2: that, that you have uh, done yourselves. I, I like the idea of, of the A to Bs that go across a county or or to to go across an entire county. Mm. A to it feels like a journey, it feels like you're getting somewhere. It's harder logistically, obviously you might have to get back again. But the ones that go across a sort of defined area or, or around the county or about, like Mike's just said, he's 190 miles around. Um those ones, those types of ones are like. Yeah. yeah,
3: I suppose I just like paying attention to be honest with you, I, I just find it really interesting looking at what some of the best people in the sport do, which the last two years has been things like the Pennine Way. that's That's been broken three times. The Bob Graham was broken by Beth Pascal last year. Um, Wainwright's Coast to Coast, Dartmoor Round, Monroe's Round, Wainwright's Round and all these. There's, so to be honest, I find that, that end of it, particularly interesting, just because it's so competitive and there's usually like some dot watching to be done on those as well, which is fun. And we have a a tracking now section of the website where you can look at all that. But then the the nice thing as well about the website is it means, because it's international, you know, if you're ever on holiday or you're ever in another country for some reason, you can kind of use the website as a a one-stop shop for, you know, good routes to go and do so that's Mm. another that's a nice aspect to it as well so if I I'm not planning on being in the states but if I was ever in the states I'd I'd know what routes would be good to go and have a look Mm. at
1: and are there any FKTs that you think have gone relatively unnoticed that could have had a bit more recognition
3: um good question recently we've had some really good uh female FKTs which probably haven't got as much press. There was one on the Southern Upland Way. Um, You've put me on the spot because I can't remember who it was. Mm. Mike, can you remember who it was?
2: It was a v- Scottish vet. I can't remember her I'm name now. They're all vets, aren't uh, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's a Scottish <laughs> vet. Like, uh, but they're, they're so. Yeah. What's what's all the fuss about? Type of attitude, aren't they?
3: Yeah. Anna Rutherford.
2: Oh,
3: Anna the- Rutherford. That's it. Yeah. Looked out for you. And the other one that that comes to mind was the. Um, uh Southwest Coast Path uh yes. a few weeks ago. Yeah,
2: that and was again, quite cracking
0: time. As well. Yeah, because um, I I listen to the fastest known podcast where they talked about the best runs in europe and america and they were they were all like the big names they were all kind of people that you know are big in the kind of uh, the trial running world and i just thought that you know there must be some other ones because the the one that we're going to talk about because we've had um reese jenkins on our show twice he ran all the way around wales and i just think he ran all the way around wales and, you know, it got it got a little bit of media, but I thought, come on. So hopefully these kind of things are become a bit more, these big yeah. ultra runs are gonna become a bit more uh, mainstream, I hope.
3: Yeah, it was, by the way, it's Danielle Blackie did the um, Southwest Coast path. Ah. But yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, the, the thing is with that is that, that last year, there were so many amazing performances anyway. Um, the nominations list could have been absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's uh, w- one thing they do do is they make an email every week with, like, f- with the FKT of the week for men and for women. Mm-hmm. So That's a good way to if you subscribe to that, it's quite a good way to find out about some of the, the um, less well-known ones. We had um, Martin Johnson did the Thames Path the other day. That was another one that went probably under the radar of some people. but That was quite an impressive time. Um and I think they've featured that as their FKT of the week as well.
0: I literally just subscribed to that. I i missed that. Cool. Um on the you said obviously there's been a big exposure in the last year because people haven't had anything better to do. How do you feel about this big increase in routes and runners? Yeah, is it generally a good thing or is there a kind
2: of a risk with that as well? Mike, do you want to go? Uh at the moment, I think it's a good thing. Um I don't see Risks at the moment, but they might emerge later on. Um, I think the main thing is if people are going to continue to be honest with this uh, and friendly. And, you know, when you get so many people starting something new, suddenly it can change things a little bit. Mm -hmm. So if they're going to stick to the ethos of the the sport in the spirit of the game and um, be trustworthy and honest with what they're doing then then i think it's fine obviously the the risk is always oh we've got these thousands of new people coming in they don't know what they're doing they don't stick to the rules they're risking themselves people have to go and rescue them and litter in the place that kind of thing so as long as they as long as they stick to the ethos but welcome them you know they can they can learn as they go along and it's good to see everybody out in the countryside
1: yes okay so quickly what is the most bullshit thing about running (laughs)
2: Do you want to go first, Mr. Jones? Sure, I'll go
1: <laughs>
3: first. it's a good it's a good question. I've got a couple of ideas. I think um, grumpy runners at checkpoints on races.
0: <laughs> oh no, just, that's just us. <laughs> <laughs> How could you do that?
3: Because um, like sometimes I feel like runners feel it's very transactional. You know, like they're customers. But I don't feel like it should be that dynamic I feel like it should be more of a community dynamic so sometimes if you see someone complaining about you know they haven't got the right food they wanted their very particular type of Mr Kipling cakes or something or whatever or arguing over cutoffs. Um, I hate that arguing yeah. over because the thing is the people on the checkpoints are almost always volunteers and the reason for that is the race directors can't afford to pay anyone to be there so they mm-hmm. got to be volunteer. so um yeah just be nice be nice to people at checkpoints so i think that's my uh, that's my bullshit thing about running
0: okay well i'm gonna yeah. say i'm never gonna complain about food on a run and also i do very much believe in rules so <laughs> i'm definitely with you on that one um, mike
2: yeah, uh, I suppose it's a similar thing. So when you're out running in the countryside, you've could done so many miles and there's no one around. And then you see someone else running towards you. And, OK, I haven't seen anyone for an hour or two. Say hello to these, this guy or this girl. Just, you know, harmless. Say hello. How are you doing? And they just blank you. you know, they don't say anything at all. <laughs> it's like, what's that about? <laughs> you know, just, just say hello. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be your friend. I'm just running past you and... Hey, how you doing? And and that's it. You carry on your
3: way, and they I just don't do get stuff. that. I bet you don't get that in Wales, though, guys. So like everyone's friendly over there, right?
1: <laughs> kind of.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: as we did say in the last episode, once we got out of Cardiff, yeah, people were really friendly and asking asking yeah. us questions about where we were going, and where we'd been, which is, like really bizarre to us uh, in Cardiff. But I think yeah, on the trails, that is unfor- Another runner on a trail. On the middle of nowhere that's unforgivable mm,
1: yeah, definitely. Exactly, yeah
0: exactly exactly yeah. uh, well mike and mike thank you both very much for joining us uh please look up the fastest known podcast uh, just search fastest known wherever you'll find it uh, it seems to be on a bit of a pause at the moment but there is a really fantastic back catalog of really great stories on there so please have a look at that thank you both very much thank and hopefully you. a few of our listeners will go out and uh, get some fkts of their own Thanks very much.
2: Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having us.
0: Uh, I did get the FKT newsletter afterwards, but unfortunately, as it turns out, we weren't featured as an FKT oh. of the week, which is a, an odd oversight. Hmm. But as I said, it's, it's because it's all these fancy, well-known runners running up mountains that get all the attention for some reason.
1: Uh, are we not fancy well-known runners and we uh, did run up a fucking mountain to be fair
0: <laughs> i mean not good enough for fkt
1: so no.
0: so uh, if anyone has been inspired um no not ins- uh, if anyone wants to run an fkt we want to know about it especially if you're the first to do the route or especially if you were shit but managed to blag a category record because that's doing an amy and stew and we definitely approve of that i would say look at the fkt website look at routes near you if there's no one in like the unsupported category or the self-support just you know do something like buy a bottle of uh, drink on the way go into that category and blag that record it's how it works or even better add your own route and then be the first to run it straight away
1: the bullshit running news but i the bullshit running news do Uh, Emma McKee has broken her own age group world record by running 5k in 16 minutes, 23 seconds at the age of 12, 12.
0: That's just, that's unnecessary.
1: Uh, uh, The thing is though, I always think kids have a bit of an advantage because they don't know their own mortality and they just run it everywhere as fast as they fucking can. So she's always, they're always in training, aren't they?
0: Well, she didn't know how close to death she was on that run, you mean?
1: yeah 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 they, they don't you know if i get up to a certain speed i'm like mate i can't breathe this is not good i need to slow down or my leg hurts or something like that whereas they're like ah, you know i don't care
0: well when <laughs> you run 60 minutes in that time <laughs> I <mean. laughs>
1: no i don't i don't even get to that when i when i run a 30 minute bike, I feel like that
0: <laughs> oh, so kids are gross
1: mm-hmm.
0: and just for fun this week we've got a little bit of swimming bullshit a new type of swim cap has been designed for diverse hair types, that's in quotes.
1: Oh, uh, I hate
0: that. <laughs> I think no, I think this is what they've said, uh, by which this mostly means mm. Afro oh, hair.
1: okay. Okay, yeah.
0: And that has been banned by the International Swimming Federation as the caps did not, I quote, fit the natural form of the head and, to their best knowledge, the athletes competing at the international events never used, neither require, caps of such size or configuration. So there's no testing... There's no evidence, just to ban because it's new. And if you are being cynical, I guess you could say it's white people making rules against black people. Possibly. I just
1: really, I just really don't get a shit like this because they're saying it doesn't fit the natural form of the head. So surely, actually, these. Black athletes are at a bit of a disadvantage because they're less. What's like aerodynamic, hydrodynamics, hydrodynamic? If they're, you know, if it's not fitting to the natural form of the head, because um, it's. I've seen the pictures. The cap ends up being slightly larger because of the. It's just basically
0: it's a larger swim cap.
1: Yeah. So, but that's not that's putting them at a disadvantage if anything. If they're not going to be as hydrodynamic, so why does it fucking matter? Yeah. Why does it fucking matter? Like, if it was some sort of thing that's going to make them go faster through the pool and da, da, da. like if anything they should make the white athletes wear bigger fucking swim caps so mean, everyone's even
0: <laughs> if they could come up with some kind of thing to say because there's more volume in there perhaps i don't know it was there was a bit of air stored in there it was creating a bit extra buoyancy There's you know mm. potential i don't know but if they said something like that and they tested it that would be a reason but yeah. their reasons are because no one's used it before and people don't require it they're saying i think basically a lot of what they're saying is just don't have long hair it's so just, like that just, means like kids early on in their swimming careers have to choose between swimming and having the hair that they want.
1: It's just fucking stupid. It's like these things that say, like, oh, you can't wear a hijab in this sport and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. why does it fucking matter? Like, yeah. it's these things aren't performance enhancing. So why does it fucking matter? Like, yeah. to, who cares? Who actually cares? Why are you so why are you so obsessed with not letting people express cultural identity personal identity religious identity all these things if it's not putting them at some silly advantage above everyone else why do you fucking care
0: yeah i mean like black hair is such a huge thing as well anyway Mm. i mean you know in in terms of the history and culture and like the things that people have done you know kids in schools in some schools like weren't allowed to have afros like Mm. there was rules against types of hair which people had naturally it's Mm. fucking insane so as you said if it's not giving an advantage why does it matter
1: because that th- yeah that should be the reasoning behind certain regulations is yeah. so that everyone's equal so if somebody happens to for whatever like i said for cultural for whatever reason put themselves at a disadvantage that's on them like that's their choice why, why are you so bothered about what they're doing you know let, the, let them do their thing <laughs> yeah you
0: think this would be a great way to increase the diversity amongst swimming yeah. which is not a particularly diverse sport
1: well, a lot of sports aren't very diverse. You know, yeah. trail running, ultramarathons, loads of things aren't very diverse. It's a huge issue and it's just making things so much more difficult for people for no reason whatsoever. Who cares? Anyway. No <laughs> And a bit of a tricky one to finish, another tricky one, as Jess Welborn qualified for the championship race of the London Marathon, which is a step below the elite race, and is now not being allowed to defer as the race comes eight weeks after she's due to give birth. So the rules for this race say there can be no deferrals as every place must be earned by running a qualifying time within a set period and there are no exceptions. So what do we think to this? This is a tricky one. <laughs> it is
0: quite a difficult one because mm. I think I agree with the London Marathon. I know we don't always yeah. say that here. <laughs> and because it is tricky because this is, it's above, it's kind of one above the mass race and below the elite race. So it's a mm-hmm. championship race. The same as like other big events. You have to qualify for that race in a set mm-hmm. period. And it's the same for everyone. Yeah, She didn't, I, she didn't have to get pregnant at that time and actually she's it's eight weeks after she's given birth Mm -hmm. so it's not within a pregnancy period obviously that's still probably not a great time for her to run but should she be allowed to defer? I don't think so. I was talking about this with Holly last night and she was kind of agreeing and as she was looking through Twitter she was saying, which I agree with, I kind of want someone to change my mind. I'm looking here, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to find the argument that will convince me but I can't quite see it because I just see it as it's the same rule. I know the same rule for everyone isn't always a great uh, reason. But in this case, because of the way that quali- you have to qualify for it, mm-hmm. I think it's the right decision, though it feels yeah. harsh.
1: I think it's one of those things where it's like tough shit. It's like if you got injured before. It's like if you had a medical emergency before or you became really unwell with some sort of illness or anything yeah. like that that would stop you from from racing. I think it's just like tough shit. You've just got qualify next year. I don't I don't really understand where she's coming from with this to be honest it's just like you said you've got to you've got to qualify there those are the rules and if you you can't just defer you've got then got to qualify for is it one of those where if you qualify you automatically get a place anyway so it's not like she's going to be put into a ballot I'm assuming uh
0: no 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 it's yeah it's a champion she's qualified she's got the place but you yeah, can't so if, defer I, it.
1: If, say, like you you were being put into a ballot that was really, like like the normal London Marathon, which I know you can defer for, but say that you couldn't defer, um, and, and she wasn't, you know, and she asked to defer because of a medical reason, such as giving birth, you know, then I'd understand it then. But the fact is, if she qualifies next year, she'll get a place anyway. So why does it matter just try and qualify next year? You
0: know? Yeah, because they're saying that you have to be able to run it next year and if she, again, you know, if she thinks she can still run that time next year, then she can run that time in the qualifying mm. period.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. So,
0: I yeah, mean... I, I can see why people are cross about it because just the headline on its own looks bad. <laughs> but it's different to the mass race, which I, I'm i not sure if perhaps some people reacting to it thought that's what it was. Because yeah, in the mass so, race, yeah. I think the London Marathon say they have, they say they have one of the most generous deferral schemes of any mm. big marathon. So if it's a mass race, yeah, of course you can defer to the next year. But in something like this, you just can't.
1: Well, the reason why you can de- it's generous is because it's really hard to get a ballot entry. Mm. So, yeah, sure, if they were discriminating against her and saying, no, you can't defer If it was a ballot entry, then, yeah, that would be messed up. But, like, it's a championship race. You have to qualify. It's like you can't defer the Olympics, can you? You can't say, I'm not doing this Olympics. I'll do it next time. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? You still have to qualify.
0: Yeah. Mm. So if anyone has got a good reason, a good argument for that, mm. I would be in- really interested to hear it. Mm-hmm because there's obviously there's lots of things about women not running as many uh, marathons as men and is this something that would help equality in the sport and it would help the kind of even things up because obviously that's time out of training that women have to take that men don't yeah that's why i want to put in there because it's a very interesting one but i think i agree with the london marathon actually i think it's the first time we've said that
1: <laughs> yeah probably the first and last the stop clock is right twice a day <laughs> so Stuart, what's coming up next
0: uh, well, tomorrow, once again, it's trail run day. I think you were going to be there as well, but now you're not because you've got better things to do.
1: I am, I am going to be there. Okay. Um, but I'm going to be there like a few hours before everyone else is going to be there.
0: So you're so not really, you're not going to be with yeah, the rest of the group.
1: I'm going to be there, but um, I have a friend who's American. We're doing like a 4th of July barbecue thing in the afternoon it's supposed to be pissing it down in true british and i think it's like a way of like pissing on their fourth of july celebration Yeah, absolutely <laughs> good for you grateful being grateful colonists you know so um yeah uh so i will be i will be doing it and i'm hoping somebody will send me a route which i won't look at until i'm actually there and then i'll be confused about where i'm going yeah. um but yeah so it's mirtha Mao, which i think we spoke about last time that's a second is it the second tallest there is a Europe? fucking
0: massive sand dune there yeah
1: Yeah, it's crazy yeah
0: so yeah we're going to do a 10k route around this massive sand dune i'm going to get there a bit early and do like nine miles before and then do the group run because i've got long runs i need to do now you know i've realized actually because you talked about 5ks earlier i basically don't have time for 5ks anymore mm, 5ks kind of is same, not long yeah. enough because i need to do i only do three or four runs a week a 5k leaves me way too much to do the rest of the week so i yeah. need to run now for like at least an hour to get my distance where yeah, it needs to same. be so uh, cranking it right up and then there's another group trial run that i'm leading in the next weeks but we're doing 10 miles instead of 10k so that one could take hours and hours and hours because we tend to pretty much take our time
1: yeah i'm not that's pretty much what i'm doing is of Hour tomorrow um again working on the long run still i'm still on track with shit i'm still actually running a decent amount like mm-hmm. a decent enough amount i'm going to the gym a lot which is actually really helping um Yeah, actually training.
0: (laughs) That's excellent to know. And just before we finish, if anyone does have any good ideas about doing a live show, uh, we would love to hear any ideas. If you've heard, if you've seen any other podcasts, similar podcasts, do a similar kind of thing. Uh, We'd love to know any kind of features so we can steal their ideas, trying to make it nice and interactive with the audience. And coming up, hopefully next time, we've got an interview lined up. Another guest that you are going to love. We're going to cross over some badass ladies with sports bra talk. It's kind of, classic running is bs stuff
1: Hmm, absolutely if you've enjoyed this bullshit please visit www.runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalog as well as links to our patreon merch store and social medias
0: goodbye that's not funny but it is quite funny